Hello, and welcome to the Meeting and Events Podcast. I'm Joelle Morgan, and I'm your host. Today, we're exploring the concept of why even hold an event at all. And our special guest is Ashley Erickson, who is Event Experience Lead at none other than Chipotle. We're going to explore why companies hold events, what their return on investments are, what objectives and key goals do companies need to hit in order to value an event in their event portfolio. And then we explore how we gain audience feedback and how we create an attendee experience. I really enjoyed my time with Ashley and I think our conversation was diverse and interesting and I also learned from it too. I hope you'll enjoy it. Welcome to the show, Ashley. It's great to have you here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. We're happy to have you. Now, you and I have worked together for four years now, and it's been fantastic. It's been definitely a roller coaster, but I certainly class you not only as someone that I get to work with, but a friend. Oh, same here. Same here. You and, and everybody at, at Unbridled. It's, it's definitely a family. I feel like you all work for Chipotle as much as, and I feel like I work for Unbridled <laughs> <laughs> half the time. Yep, absolutely. I think the um, essence of partnership is something that we value so much and very much comes when um, someone like you is, is at the table and, and leading from the event side of things as well. So let's just get into, um, for our listeners, tell us a little bit about Chipotle. I know um, most people know Chipotle. We've eaten at Chipotle. We've enjoyed the chips and the burritos, but give us an inside scoop on Chipotle's vision, its values, how it started uh, in a bit of a nutshell. Sure. Uh, So Chipotle opened in Denver, Colorado, uh, where we are right now, uh, in July of 1993. So we're coming up on an anniversary and next year will be a big anniversary for us. Um, Our first restaurant opened at DU, so on Evans, for those of you local. Uh, And we have since grown to nearly 3,600 restaurants, which is absolutely wild. Uh, We are in the US and Canada now, as well as uh, in the UK and uh, London, France, and Germany. That's incredible. Yeah, some exciting international growth as well. Our mission at Chipotle is to cultivate a better world. So we really do that, um, you know, through all of our give back components and, you know, caring for the ingredients that we're serving, caring for the animals that we serve, and really focused on bringing quality food to anyone that wants it. Uh, and, And it's just grown exponentially. We were started uh, by a man named Steve Ells, and he had a culinary background. So I think classic culinary uh, techniques really came in into play with Chipotle and have not never gone away. Um, and you know, through expansion, changes in the company, um, lots of organizational adjustments, we now are in California is our um, new headquarters and really focused on growing brand love and being being really visible in in the world and and you know in in the food culture and I think we're we're doing that 
Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think the, the huge rate of growth that we've seen at Chipotle is just a testament to what you've just said, your commission, your, your passion for cultivating a better world and doing it with great practices and great people, and, and plus great tasting food. Uh, I love Chipotle. My kids are constantly asking me for a burrito bowl, and so I think it's testament to what you as a company are doing where you have such incredible reach in so many different demographics and, and age groups. Uh, but let's talk about you. Uh, tell us a little bit more about what your role is at Chipotle, how you came to be there, and really uh, what you're looking to grow. Sure. <clears throat> well, I have quite a long history with Chipotle. I have uh, I started my job with Chipotle initially as an intern. Uh, I was a junior in college and reached out I wrote a letter to the corporate office, to no one in particular, asking for a marketing internship, and uh, I got it. So I moved to Denver for four months. I was living in Missouri um, and started interning with the marketing department, and I ended up doing that for three or four summers um, through my college experience and my master's uh, degrees as well. Then left the organization uh, for a role with a small investment firm out of Boulder, and then in 2013 came back to the brand. Uh, and I was hired to be an in-store and field marketing consultant, if I have that <laughs> correct, whatever that was supposed to mean. Um, essentially, I was trafficking uh, marketing materials that were going into the restaurants and simultaneously identifying some sort of gaps in the department. There was a time when I owned uh, promotions and partnerships for the brand. There was a time I owned celebrity outreach. There was a time I owned the gift card business. Um, I also launched our Chipotle goods line, right. which is our sustainable apparel line uh, that we launched in 2020 and also took on events. Now I oversee events for the brand uh, on the op side, uh, but that was a recent sort of shift and I'm super excited to grow the events part of the business. That's great. Yeah. Did you always see yourself in events or is this something that's kind of been an evolution for you? I think it's always been innately sort of in me to, to do events. I love creating experiences for people. Um, I didn't know that in college at all. And so I think as soon as there was an opportunity in the event space with the brand, I jumped on it and uh, was super passionate about it from the beginning. Yeah, fantastic. That's amazing. So when you're looking at your experiences and your event lineup, tell us a little bit about what Chipotle's event lineup looks like. Um, I know working from you that we, uh, you know, kind of structure your events over a two-year period. But tell us a little bit more about what that actually looks like. Sure. Well, I mean, it's a little in flux now with the, the pivot in my role. But essentially, yes, you're right. We, we take about a two-year look Um because we do our largest event, which is called AMC, our all-managers conference, we do that in even years. And then FLC, our field leadership conference, we do that in odd years. And those are really the two sort of enormous programs that we put on as a business. We have, of course, a lot of ancillary meetings, a lot of quarterly meetings with different groups and things like that. But the primary events are AMC and FLC. Uh, we're also evaluating an incentive opportunity for the brand, which I'm hoping we'll, we'll move forward with um, to incentivize our operators and our, our highest performers in the organization, which is so important, especially in a you know hospitality-based role. How can we sort of give them back a really hospitable experience at an event? And then 
growing also to figure out are there opportunities for partnership summits and things like that. So down the line, uh, I think we'll continue to expand. That's great. So event portfolio is continuing to grow. AMC has about four and a half, five thousand attendees. Is that correct? Yeah, we uh, we were a little under that in 2022, which um, was our first event back after COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2020, unfortunately, we had to cancel our event. But 2020, when we were back, we had about 3,500 attendees uh, in Vegas in March of this year, which was amazing. And um, yeah, we'll continue to grow. We're opening about 200 restaurants at Chipotle a year Fantastic. right now. Um, and so that, of course, <laughs> indicates significant growth in the event space as well. Yeah, that's exciting. So when we're looking at uh, big events like AMC and FLC, which is about 500, 400 people. FLC will be about 700. Okay, fantastic. So even that's growing. Yeah. What are the KPIs and objectives when Chipotle comes to the table and looks at your event portfolio, particularly these two larger um, key events, what return are they looking for? What are the KPIs? What are the objectives? What are the goals of your executive leadership team and your leadership team at large that they're trying to achieve when they're investing in an event like these two events? Sure. So, you know, some of the KPIs I think for events obviously is culture building. Um, There's nothing like an in-person event to build culture for the brand if done well. Um, also recognizing top performers there, that is major for retention, um, as well as the culture piece is major for retention. Um, I think also just overall brand sentiment, um, it's a good pulse check, right? Uh, to get mm-hmm. everybody together and to get an understanding of how the people in our organization are feeling about our organization and our leaders, you know, luckily for us, it's always overwhelmingly positive. Um, so we love that culture check. Um, and, and also, like I said, there is, there is nothing quite like the, the cultural experience of bringing everyone together. I think we all definitely come together and feel exponentially more pumped up about our roles and about getting back into the organization and doing our, our jobs, no matter what that job is, after we've been together and, and sort of drink the Chipotle Kool-Aid, if you will. <laughs> I think that's great. So when we're looking at um, events and we ask the question, why have this event? What I'm hearing you say is that it's connection with your people, it's having them feel connected to you, it's having Chipotle feel connected to your people, and then creating a shared experience that then builds culture, but then growth, I would imagine, as well. Are we talking revenue growth, uh, personnel growth, uh, career trajectory growth? What, what kind of growth are we are we looking at? Oh my gosh! I mean, I think all of the above for sure. Um, obviously, retaining our top talent is major for our sales growth. Um, we obviously have a lot of growth to do. Opening 200 restaurants a year that means 200 more GMs, which means 15 more field leaders, which means five more team directors, which potentially means another regional vice president, you know, and, and there's no end to that growth. So I, yeah, I mean, I think for me, the events sort of encapsulate all of that as a, as a return on investment. Yeah. So you mentioned recognizing top talent and I have an inside track knowledge here, but you also hold awards 
uh, at both of these events. And you have the Adobo Awards for AMC and you have the Pepper Awards for FLC. Mm -hmm. But uh, tell us how you go about planning those two events within the larger event. Yeah, so we started doing Adobo Awards the first year that I started helping with the event. We were trying to fill, what do we do for a second night? Of course, we do a welcome reception. Um, but what do we do for that second night? And I said, well, why don't we do a like fancy night? Like give everyone opportunity to get sort of jazzed up and, and we could do an awards component and have a fancy MC and, and it, everybody really latched onto it. And so in 2014, we launched the Adobe Awards and it was just such an experience, I think for everyone in the room and, and really gave us an understanding of how much recognition meant to not only the person winning, but to the region, to the leader, um, to that leader's leaders. And it was just a domino effect. So as far as planning it as a component, I mean, we sort of break that off into its own event altogether. Um, it takes a lot of a lot of work from a lot of folks in the organization. Uh, we do a lot of work with ops, obviously, um, to ensure that we're thinking about everything correctly. Obviously, they know more than anyone what's happening at the operating level. So we keep very in touch with them. Finance, of course, has to pull a lot of data for us. Our HR department has to pull a lot of data for us. And ultimately, that list has grown to I think we did something like 18 awards at our most recent event, which is pretty wild. So, you know, we do an array of events from um, employee retention to highest sales and, uh, you know, the best regional operators. So one award, we call it the Living of Values Award. Uh, so we do that per region, which is great because also the RVP gets to give that to the top performing GM and that's always really impactful. Um, but yeah, we, we do it like a, like a true award show. We have an MC. Most recently we, we had Keenan Thompson who did a wonderful job, um, and a full plated dinner and entertainment throughout and everyone gets an acceptance speech and we play the music to get people off the stage when they go too long. <laughs> although that's never really a problem, but, um, yeah, it's an amazing night. So this incredible awards dinner and your top talents being recognized in a wide variety of different value systems. What are the responses that you hear after the event from the attendees and the award winners? Well, I mean, we really go all out from an entertainment and ambiance perspective, certainly. And so I think that people always feel very seen by their executive team. I think that they, a lot of people thank us for for thanking them, which is so wild, but that's the high quality of people that we're, we're working with, which is amazing. Um, people are so excited about the entertainment. Generally, you get a few major fans of whomever our comedian or our MC is, which is always fun. But I think for the winners too, it gives them not only an opportunity to be in front of their executive team and their entire organization, but also really take home awards on behalf of their crews, which don't get to attend the event. So for them, it's also really a, a badge of honor for their whole teams to take back. And so we generally hear a, a lot of appreciation. Mm. So the after effects really extend past the night itself to people that weren't even there, which is incredible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, Hopefully, they're taking their awards and, and showing their teams. And uh, we also do a lot of, of things throughout the event. Uh, 
like the notebook that we give everyone in their swag bags. We put a lot of content and ideas from the learning labs in to those booklets so that it's really easy for the GM to take that back to the restaurants that they lead and go through it with their teams. So although we unfortunately couldn't have all 500,000 people there, we can have the messages at least, at least taken yeah. home and, and, and reverberate throughout yeah. the restaurant. Yeah, so important. So when we come to build AMC in particular, we've got just over 4,000 people coming and we start framing up the entire design for the event. And we are often looking at two or three days, depending on Mm -hmm. uh, where it's falling. And we start with a welcome reception and then we have uh, our big general session opening. And there are other components that we have uh, involved in this as well. So I know how strategic you are in terms of the attendee experience, what they're going through at every single moment, at every single part of the event. And the event just doesn't start when an attendee arrives oh on gosh. that location, right? Yeah. It's really at the touch point from the save the date. So I know you and I have talked about this so many times, how, how we design that attendee experience. But in your words, what does the attendee experience feel like? And I know we have a wide spectrum of different roles at AMC, uh, from general managers to field leaders and area directors. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm curious to hear you tell that story. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of things to take into consideration, right? We have from apprentices, which are are folks that are about to be promoted into GM. They might not even be responsible for a restaurant yet. Then we have GMs, to your point, field leaders, team directors, and RVPs, as well as 300 to 450 uh, corporate employees or restaurant support center employees, as well as our executive leadership team and occasionally our board members. So to me, that's it's creating a lot of different experiences for a lot of different folks. Um, for instance, a lot of our GMs have never been on a plane before. Um, so their needs are going to be a lot different than our executive leadership team or our board members' needs or our corporate folks even who are potentially a little more well-traveled as a result of their roles. So it's exciting to sort of come up with different experience for all of these different types, Um, being really mindful of how we're communicating things. I think too, you know, being sure that you're creating content that's relevant for all of those types of people. That's great. Now you and the team spend a lot of time curating individual surprise and delight moments Mm. for attendees. Yeah. And I think that that adds a lot of depth and not only are they hearing great content in the general session, but then there are these other touch points that I know you as an event planner and someone that's directing this experience really look for. And I've heard you often say, I look for that eyes wide open moment. Mm -hmm. What do you look for? Well, I mean, I think the, of course, people in the events industry and and people who travel regularly and attend events regularly were a bit jaded, right? Um, Inevitably, we have been in a nice hotel room. So that's sort of lost on us at this point or, you know, (laughs) flown in first class. So that's lost on us at this point. Um, And it's so important to remember that it's not lost on 85% of the people there, right? For me, I always know that something's really going to hit for everyone if it 
takes my breath away. One great example is when we were doing sites for the welcome reception for AMC 2022. We drove up to Allegiant Stadium and the car took a route that I'm sure was intentional. (laughs) And you could see our logo on the Jumbotron inside the stadium to the point that it looked like Allegiant Stadium had been rebranded. And I thought, whoa. I mean, if that had that effect on me, it's gonna have that effect at least on every everyone else that's coming into this event. And how can we not? <laughs> how can we not give yeah. them that? Um, and so that's always an indicator for me. If it if it gives me a little bit of a pause, um, I I'm lucky that I have a a real appreciation for generally anytime <laughs> things are done well and there's a you know. A, time taken in, in a consideration of, of us being there. I don't want to say that a logoed cookie doesn't really do it for me anymore, but <laughs> the Allegiant Stadium roll-up was was the first time in a while that I that I had been like, wow, we're, we're going to have to do it here. Yes. It was absolutely spectacular. Yeah. 100%. And then, it, of course, that led to also how we planned our transportation. So how did you plan transportation? I wanted every single person to have that experience I had. Perfect. So I wanted us to route everything the way that we came so that they could see. I was even bummed that we had to have some of our executives and board members come in the back entrance because they didn't get the moment. <laughs> um, so so yeah, we, we planned transportation around that and brought some elements outside to make the, the whole walk-in experience really exciting. So yeah, I would say to planners... Always keep your eyes peeled uh, when you're sighting. I know it gets laborious sometimes because you could get a great idea too for how to do your program ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. So an event like this wraps. You always send surveys out to your attendees. What are the type of questions that you're sending out to them? What are the key metrics that you're hoping to glean from that type of survey data? I mean, we ask everything. potentially too much. <laughs> I think sometimes getting into, did you like the lunch? That isn't exactly going to, I mean, it helps me, but is it really helping the organization? So I would recommend to always sort of think about what are your KPIs, right? How are you justifying this ROI to your leadership? And then how do you glean whether or not the event did that for you through the survey? So ask really honest questions. Um, were you motivated by this? Do you feel like because of this um, learning tool or learning lab is what we call them, because of this learning lab, do you have the tools to take back to your restaurant to be able to have more top performers, to plug more folks into restaurants down the line? Are you feeling inspired? All of those questions, the, the sort of more cultural questions, was your room clean or dirty? Of course, we need to know that for working with hotels in the future state, but that's not driving your event strategy moving forward and how you're communicating your content and whatnot. Yeah, of course. So speaking of event strategy, that's innately linked to ELT direction and input, I'm assuming. How do they uh, respond to your ideas, your suggestions, are they incredibly involved in the event strategy as a general whole or do they set certain standards or fixed stars that you're kind of free to head towards and then bring them into the journey as you go along? Well, I'm 
so lucky in the fact that my executive leadership team really trusts me at this point, having done this now for quite some time, um, with building a strategy. I like to have touch points um, along the way with leadership just to be sure that I haven't gone down a rabbit hole. Um, but I would say that that I have a decent amount of reins. Um, and then as it relates to building the content, we really take those key initiatives that are indicated from leadership as the most important things that we need to uh, teach our operators or communicate to our attendees and then build from there. So I would say that they give us a, a topographical map <laughs> and then we build it out and into an actionable. Yeah. So when you are looking at building content, when you're meeting with your executive leadership team, what are you hearing from them that they're wanting to push forward? Is it technology advances? Is it the next marketing plan that Chris Brandt is releasing? Is it what's coming next? Are there operational structures that you're looking to train into? Is it a full kind of spectrum of, of everything? But give us a little bit um, of a taste of those kind of key elements that we're looking for. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, for us, it's a little bit of everything, uh, which I think is great because we don't get too deep into anything as it as it relates to like sitting through a three-hour presentation that's not for us um so i'd rather and and i think our executive teams team would rather touch on everything and give you a roadmap of what's coming uh, for the organization in all of those areas what's marketing up to um, what can we expect from technology? What's going to make our jobs easier? Uh, that's one thing that's that's really always a, a win for our operators is, is if their job is going to be better when they come back from this event as a result of something that's been announced. Dishwashers. Yes. One year. I got remember. a standing ovation. <laughs> you know? So who would have thought? Uh so things like that, I think, are... You, just, you need to think about your audience. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately... We like to give a flashback to the past and then a good idea of what's coming in the future. And, and that's actually, speaking of surveys, one thing that was really indicative, um, our last surveys, a lot of folks commented, this is great. I'm so glad that we're seeing what we're doing and what we've done. Can we get even more about what's coming? And so I think that will inform us as we move forward. Okay, maybe instead of a 30-30-30 on past, present, and future, let's pivot that and and talk 10% past, 20% future, and or 20% present, and 70% future. Okay. Let's give these folks as much as we can to remind them that they're leaders in our organization and they have a seat at the table and they're the first to know. Yeah. Just want to circle back on kind of one of the things that's coming up here is is. I notice how in lockstep you as an event professional is with your executive leadership team. Do you think that um, that's a real key to your success at Chipotle? I think majorly. Um, I am so lucky that, you know, events are taken seriously by our, by our executive leadership team. Um, and, you know, we're able to get in front of them from from an events perspective. But it's also been really helpful to me in understanding the organization at all levels. I think I'm lucky in that my role is to articulate all of these messages from all of these departments back down to our operators. 
And I feel like I have a bird's eye view of what's happening in the organization, maybe even more so than than folks that are permanently sat in their department and might not have as much insight into what's coming in technology because they sit in marketing or as much idea of what's going on in ops because they're in finance. And so I feel very blessed to have the opportunity as, as an event person to be able to have that bird's eye view. Yeah. And having a voice at the table. And I remember one of the things that you and I chatted about, even as we were planning for this podcast, is that you had this statement where you said, my recommendation is if you see an opportunity, you raise your hand. Mm, Do you remember saying that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that that's been important to me in my career. And I think that's why I held so many different roles (laughs) since (laughs) since I've been at the organization. Yeah, I mean, my recommendation to anyone is if there's a if there's a an opportunity, jump on it because you could learn something that will be invaluable to you in the space that you're hoping to be in, whether that's events or or something else down the line. It's definitely been helpful for me to always raise my hand and to also never be above doing any job. You, I, I yes. will still haul a six foot table if that's what's <laughs> needed. Like, and I've seen you do it. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I'd I'd never be above any job. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the key to that is building credibility Mm -hmm. that then gives you that voice and the platform to speak uh, with direction and have others hear you is so important. Mm -hmm. We've talked about some cool stuff and some fun things and ways that we approach things. Let's pivot for a hot second. And I know pivot's like the perfect 2020 (laughs) uh, word. What are some of the challenges that you're experiencing right now in our industry? And I know we're, we're coming out of the last two years where it was a bit of a hot mess, but I know that there are still some headwinds that we're facing. What are the challenges that you're seeing, uh, both organizationally and then in the wider event industry? Sure. Um, I mean, for us, it's getting back ahead of that eight ball, I would say. So I really operate better well in advance. And I feel like we're coming in a little slow still on, um, on planning events because we had to go on hold there for, for a minute. And, And then we were working virtually for a moment. Then we got through AMC and now we're already planning FLC. But as we are expanding our event portfolio, I feel a bit behind, behind the eight ball. So a getting out in front of it, people think it's nuts that we're already thinking 2026, but I feel a little behind schedule. Uh, Of course, size of event is indicative of of that. But um, I would also say that being sure that you were advocating for events in a safe way. I think that uh, luckily my my legal and my safety, security, and risk team really appreciated that I was coming at this from, of course, I want the event to happen. But I want to be sure we do it safely because the last thing I want is for everyone to leave this event with a bad taste in their mouth, you know, Um, with things having gone wrong or quarantines or who knows what. So how do we get ahead of any of those um, health or safety questions that may come up? I think that's super important Um, for us as a brand, really my primary challenge is, again, timing and being sure that we're giving people enough uh, runway for knowing when the events are coming and, and what to expect. And also just pulling our operators out of our restaurants. To have all of our operators out for three days is 
is a real challenge. And and so again, continuing to get executive buy-in that the growth and the learning and the culture building is worth its weight. Um, to have those folks out of the restaurants for three days is is great. But but that is one of our, our primary challenges. Other things that are being discussed in the industry, at industry events and things that I'm going to, is getting executive buy-in. I think some executive teams are, are still trepidatious about signing contracts a year out and, and not knowing what that could look like and, and who knows what. And also budgets, you know, ensuring that budget is earmarked for events. And, and again, it all comes back to you have to be sure that you're showing the return of the event so that it does get earmarked and that it doesn't get taken away because with inflation and, and all of these crazy supply chain issues and all of this going on, really being sure that, that you're strong and, and hold a, tight to your budget. Yeah, absolutely. I think all of these things, when we start looking at them, they're not in their separate lanes. They're also enmeshed and connected to one another. Uh, when we look at budgets, we're also looking at return on investment, and return on investment is deeply connected to our why. Why are we holding this event, and what does this look like in the future? What are we investing in our budget today or in our planning today? And even when we're holding those hotels for 2026, we're still holding true to that top line why. Why are we having this event? And it really is to continue to drive growth, drive connection, drive revenue, and continuing to build, as Chipotle says, a better world. Yeah. Do you have any advice for young event professionals? You know, they're starting their career, they're looking at these big four or 5,000 person events and really wondering, well, how do I start a career in this industry and what does this look like 10 years from now where would you suggest they start and what advice would you have for them to grow their career and become successful oh if i had a crystal ball <laughs> i would tell you what 10 years looked like in the industry but um i would say similar to what we were saying earlier you know never be afraid to raise your hand for a role i think one thing that's been really great for the trajectory of the trajectory of my role is I've done so many different jobs that I I don't have any fear of um, I used to own partnerships so great how do I parlay that into something useful for events well I have all these contacts let me reach out to them and see if they'd like to donate product for swag bags or um, when I was the project manager for a lot of the promotions that were happening um, in marketing earlier in my career, okay, great, I can take that project management skill set and, and advance the event side. Um, so you're always learning something that will be helpful to you in future positions if you're open to it. How, how you take advantage of that, I think, is, is up to you. But I would say never be afraid to take on any job. I also think it's so important that we as event professionals really take care of ourselves. Um, that would be another yes. <laughs> very important thing. Um, a lot of people don't know a event professional is in the top five most stressful jobs in the United States. Right. We are on the road and we are traveling like crazy and we don't have routine. And so where you can get a lot of the those healthy practices. <laughs> it's important because you can't be out, you know, in, in random cities until all hours of the night and, and not taking care of yourself or, or you hit that wall really fast. 
I think you're absolutely spot on and learning to care for ourselves when we're so busy. And like you said, 2am in the morning, that's not uncommon for us in our industry. Uh -uh. We're still setting up tables and chairs and linens at 2am in the morning and then to turn around and be back to a queue call, for example, at 4am the next day can be a tight turn. So even just acknowledging the fact that we're all human and we do have to take care of ourselves, I think is so freeing to hear someone like you say that. And so thank you. I think well, that that's brilliant. It's only brilliant. taken me this many years to figure it out. <laughs> me too. <laughs> when I start listening to my own advice, <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> Stay tuned for Ashley's well-being podcast <laughs> coming in 2023. <laughs> Do you have any uh, favorite events? Uh, well, it seems selfish to say, but AMC 22 was probably my favorite yeah. that I've ever put on. Um, it was our largest. It was the first back from COVID. It was overwhelmingly positive. I think we did such an amazing job too of sort of transforming some of our ideas from 2020 and making them work in 2022. Again, being mindful of budget. And it ended up being just flawless. I mean, I, I really don't have much to say uh, that was that needed to be adjusted or opportunities for us to, I mean, of course, there's always ways to, to make things a little bit better, but there was no glare, nothing glaring. And that's always really exciting when you leave an event and you're like, wow, we, we killed that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was amazing. So AMC, your favorite event, AMC 22, it wrapped only a couple of months ago, really. Yeah. It might seem like forever oh my God, in, in our industry, <laughs> but it was only a few months ago. And so what have been some of the key phrases that have really resonated to you that have kind of stuck with you in your feedback surveys and in the conversations that you've had since? Well, again, I think similar to what people said leaving the Adobo Awards was thank you to to the executive team for acknowledging the work that we've put in. I mean, our operators are heroes because they didn't skip a beat and they're the only reason that the rest of us have jobs to go to in our living rooms. Um, so I think that there was a resounding sort of appreciation for that acknowledgement, which was wonderful. Some of the most impactful things, as far as I was concerned, we had a, a couple of folks say, you know, I didn't know if career advancement was possible for me, but after attending this event, I feel, po- I feel confident that I have what it takes and that this organization is set up to make me succeed, that those are what it's all about. Uh, you know, if someone feels excited about their job and excited about their opportunities for growth and acknowledged by their leadership team, what else is there? Yeah, absolutely. You know? Motivated person could change the world. Oh right? my gosh, incredible. Yeah. yeah. And I love too that we're able to tell a lot of human stories. I mean, we have so many amazing human beings in our organization and and they have beautiful stories to tell and this year we really did our best to connect those human stories back to our values around hospitality and food with integrity and being able to weave those stories of our operators into those value sets i think really helped a lot of the people in the audience connect to our mission in a simpler way cultivating a better world is a beautiful mission 
Yes. Great. It's also a huge, huge mission. (laughs) So how can I, how do I know as an operator that I'm contributing to that better world and sort of breaking that down and, and having people understand that if you love helping a single mom who's coming in with three kids to try and feed them lunch and you identify that they could use some help and and do that, you're creating a hospitable environment and sending that person out of the restaurant in a better position than they came in. Or if you are passionate about serving quality food, you know, from local farmers, which is incredible, you can do that here and you can talk about that and be passionate and be really proud of the food that you're serving to your community. I, I mean, they're all contributing to cultivating a better world. It's just reminding them of that. And so having a lot of people leave AMC with that sentiment meant a lot to me personally, and, and I know will ultimately really contribute in a positive way to our organization. Yeah, yeah. So Ash, we do all this amazing work. We get to see those stories. We get to have incredible moments. We get to see Allegiant Stadium with Chipotle logos on them. <laughs> we have One Republic and Keenan Thompson, and we have all these big gasp moments. But really, when it all comes down to it, when it's all said and done, to you, what's it really all for? Ugh, it's all about the people. It's all about every one of our operators who is working to give the rest of us a role, you know? I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do my job if we didn't have high quality people to put events on for. And we've have some of the best in the in the business. So, yeah, for me it's it's all about the people. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for your time today, Ashley. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. It's been so fun. <laughs> so fun. I'll do a podcast with you anytime. <laughs> Great. We might have to do a second at some stage. <laughs> Sounds good. We've loved having you on the show. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us on the Meetings and Events podcast. I really enjoyed my conversation with Ashley. Please feel free to drop us a line at podcast at unbridled.com. We'd love to hear from you if you have any comments or questions. We promise we reply and we can't wait to hear from you. Until then, I'm Joelle Morgan wishing you a great day.